Welcome to Babe Patrol 2024 edition. Babes. Oh, thank you. I'm Ash. And I'm Lauren. <laughs> Steph. We've got a Steph special guest episode. Yeah. We're so glad to have you back. It's been a while since we had you on. Yeah, it has yeah, been a this while. This is the first one of season two. I know. Yeah. 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 <laughs> She's back. Um, uh, here we are, and you and I are done with school for yes. the semester. Yep. Yep. Just Hallelujah. Just short weeks, and then we'll be back. Yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> but I want you to forget. Yeah. As of, yeah. Thank God. As of right now, we are homework free. <laughs> Although I have a paper due. Yeah. I, I turned in a, an assignment about like a week and a half late yesterday. Mm. But now I'm done. Nice. Yeah. Oh, that's so good. Congratulations. Yeah. Do you feel good about this last semester? I do. I do. I think it went well. I was totally freaking out the first couple weeks, <laughs> and which is is how I typically adjust to change. I'm just like, I hate this, um, <laughs> and then I adjusted, and it's been um, it's been a lot of fun. Will you remind our listeners what you're in school for? Yeah, because I know we've talked a bit about yeah. Ash, but yeah. I am going for an MFA in nonfiction writing. And nice. I have one semester done. <laughs> yeah. Would you say that your semester was successful? <laughs> the word successful is uh, wild <laughs> in this uh, context. <laughs> you know, I made it through and I'm not dead. And so I think that success. is a success. Yeah. yeah. I don't know what we're going to see in terms of grades. and uh, But I do think, like, I learned so fucking much. It's bonkers. Um, I also think, like, overall – I realized I'm really not a transitional girly <laughs> and mm. it takes me a lot. Like, just like you just said, it takes me a long time to transition. Um, and so I don't feel like I got my sea legs until like the last month. Yep. But at least I got them, yeah. you know? Yeah. And I do feel like I'm in the right place at the right time. Me too. And you've been enjoying it, which is and another I, marker of success. I think I, I should put say that. that. Yeah, that's yeah. important to say. I think it's marvelously interesting. Yeah. And I also, it's been really cool to be in a completely new group of people yes. mm -hmm. and to have a bunch of like social success is like really a nice balm of medicine for me to remind myself that I actually do know how to relate to people <laughs> yes. after these years of shut in pandemic behavior <laughs> Yeah, that like I can walk into an enormous group of people I've never met before and make buddies. Yeah. Um, cool. You know, not surprised. No. Wow. No Thanks, one who knows guys. you would be surprised. <laughs> Just you. Apparently yeah. <laughs> you surprised yourself. Yeah. 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 Well, I mean, sure. Uh, like I all, I mean, yeah. because the internal experience of me is uh, anxious. Yeah, and of course. So I think we can all relate to that. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> no. Exactly. Um, and recently I was walking up my road and ran into some of my neighbors who one of them is a busybody or a mailman. I should say. Nice. And um, and they were just like delightful. And they were <laughs> they chided me for being a recluse who lives on the same street as, as them and never hangs out, <laughs> which I think is deserved. <laughs> and also it just made me laugh. And I was not scared to talk to them, which is also exciting. I mean, these are all <laughs> moments where, you know, I should pat myself on the back. 
I can't tell you how many people I run into and they're like, wait, Ashley lives in Kittery? I know. I know. <laughs> they're like, why don't I ever see her? And I never know how to answer that. Like, <laughs> well, you're not my keeper. Well, I'm like, but yeah. well, you know, it's, it's been a sort of a few years like that. And, <laughs> and it's like, yeah, I'm walking down to Golden Harvest. Okay. I don't know what to tell you. Yeah. But I also am not typically like in the lils to black birch stretch which is where a lot <laughs> that of one the, block yeah yeah that one block yeah um which is like where all of the people i'm sure who are seeing you would be like where are we haven't we seen her or so but yeah i yeah. feel like the golden harvest is another I place know. that i run into all kinds of people yeah but. and i run into lots of people there too so yeah. just obviously not those ones yeah that's true so. i do think that is funny though <laughs> ashley lives in gittery so i'm like but we talk about it all the time yeah. you're obviously not listening very closely uh, <laughs> but Steph, it seems like You've made a lot of good friends at school as well. Yeah, you had a little shindig the other day, and I got a chance yeah. to meet some of them. They're, They're like, what a nice group of people. Really, really nice. Super, super nice group of people. And you made friends? I did make friends. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There, there is They're a- really nice, but she is not friends with them. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think I was just sort of meant like um, uh, I was doing like a similar sort of tiny tiny clap to you for making friends yeah well there was there was a a funny moment like towards the beginning of the semester where I was out with some friends from my program and most of them are not from this area and um so I'm kind of like the local person in my cohort and Mm -hmm. someone asked me a question where he was like yeah so like you know do you have a lot of like friends that you've known for a while here. And it was just like, it was like a totally normal question, but it also struck me as so odd. And I was just like, I have friends. (laughs) (laughs) My response. And he was like, I believe you for sure. Um, so that was also a good, a, a nice part of that that shindig over the weekend is I could be like, see, I was totally But no, everyone I met has been so lovely and and so nice and it was yeah I mean like definitely like you were saying I'm like right move this yeah. is where I'm supposed to be and it's awesome to prove to myself that yes I do know how to socialize and talk to people <laughs> and <laughs> yeah yeah it's it can be really affirming yeah yeah it's good to do and I mean yeah. I think it could have gone either way if I'm honest like I could have just like come out the gate real awkward and strange sure. and be sitting here being like well I did not succeed, and <laughs> you wouldn't be the first lawyer. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly, um, and and that would be fine too. And I would I would yeah. work my way through that. Also, it's fine. It would be so surprising because I feel like everything, everywhere you've ever like worked, for instance, you've made like really good friends. You're actually right. Yeah, yeah. I hadn't really thought about that. I yeah. had not thought about that. Like anytime you're thrown into a group, you make like lasting bonds. So I think that's a pretty good sign that you're probably going to be it's successful. It's cool that I don't ever remember that. <laughs> it's cool that you're like. I mean, this is how you and I met. Yeah, it's true. It's true. But I like locked eyes with you and I was like, best friend. <laughs> you were like, can I have an application? And I was like, you can come into my life. <laughs> <sighs> Just funny just how that works. Yeah. I think yeah. it's wild that you are the person who handed me the application. I know. For job. I know. I yeah. know. Yeah, the world works in mysterious ways. The other thing that I did in law school, too, that was a little bit weird, but has worked out great. This came out of a conversation that I had with my friend who is non-binary. And I was talking with them about 
how in my mind, I call myself Ash. I have always called myself Ash. That has always been in my, when I'm like, oh my fucking God, Ash, you really fucked that up. Like that or whatever. (laughs) That conversation usually goes. And then like some of my oldest friends call me Ash, but mostly I'm known as Ashley. But I went to law school and I was like, what? My friend was like, what would it be like if you just told people to call you the name that you call yourself? Like, what would it be like if you just like tried that out as a name? So I went to law school and just started introducing myself as Ash and just like trying it out. I love that. I have been loving it too. Yes. But it's also weird because I've never said my name as anything other than Ashley on this pod. So that is also weird because now all these people are calling me Ash and then I come and I record here and I'm like, and I'm Ashley on this pod, which you is really funny. Yeah. I know, I totally can. Yeah, I absolutely can. In fact, I did today. But I think like it's been an interesting thing because I'm like, is this allowed? Am I allowed to do this? Is this impostery? Is this real? Mm. And the whole time I'm thinking like, yeah, it is real. It's the name you call yourself. Yeah. Like you are actually allowed to be your own identity. And I've never connected with the name Ashley. Not mm-hmm. ever. Mm. It's a like 80s cheerleader name. There were five Ashleys in my class growing up and there were only 24 people. Oh my gosh. <laughs> it's like, it just has never felt like real to me yeah. as a name, you know? So anyway, so I've been playing with it. I also realized that once I started like using that name and like saying it out loud and whatever, it also is now less weird when people call me Ashley to hmm. me. Like it now sounds fine when people say it in a way, whereas before I was always like, ugh, that name, it's not me. It's so funky. So anyway, yeah. So I'm in like an interesting little spot where I'm like, hmm, trying this out. Okay. And nobody at law school knows that it's like, you know. A new thing. A new thing. Yeah. yeah. Which also feels that weird. you aren't a hat person <laughs> anywhere else. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. So anyway, so that's been like a sort semi-strange, but also kind of great. Yeah. Yeah. That's fun. I always think back to like when I went to undergrad and I'm like, why didn't I change anything about myself? Yeah. Like that was a real opportunity that I didn't seize. Mm, I thought about that too a lot. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what I would have changed. I was going to So ask. I guess yeah. maybe it's fine. I mean, obviously it's fine that I didn't, but I don't mm. know. Do you have anything that sticks out to you that you would have changed or that you changed going into grad school? Nothing that I really changed going into grad school, I don't think. I mean, I think I definitely went in being just a bit more <laughs> open. Um, not that I was particularly closed off when I went into undergrad, but I was just a little guarded, mm-hmm. I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I mean, th- th- yeah, I guess I don't really know what I would have done differently or changed drastically about myself. But I do think like, damn, I had a really good opportunity. Mm-hmm. And yeah. we could still do it. That's yeah, that's right. You can do it at any time. I mean, Ash, I'm 100,000 years old. proving it to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you don't have to. Also, okay. you can call me anything you want. It's really no big deal. And it's not a hard and fast thing. Like, I don't correct anybody. There's also people at law school who just, like, cannot manage to call me Ash. Yeah. For some, whatever reason, they, like, go to Ashley first. So I'm just like, okay, well, that's fine, too. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. really fine. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, but but it's just interesting. When yeah. I was a little kid, when I was, like, six, I wanted to be called AJ so bad. Ooh, oh, I that. That is an that. awesome nickname. I know. And yes. no one would Where does do the J it. come from? Is it your middle name? Mm-hmm. My middle name is Jennings. My oh, mother's maiden name. Whoa. I don't know if I ever knew that. Knew that. Yeah, yeah. I've, yeah. I've probably we've probably talked about it before. But yeah, 
Ashley wow. Jennings Bliss. That yeah. is an awesome full name. Thank you. That sounds yeah. like a like a celebrity name. Oh my! It does. God. Yeah, it does. Hell yeah, Jennings Bliss. Yeah, that's somebody with influence. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> AJ Bliss. Old AJ yeah. over there. Yeah, AJ is what I wanted so bad, and I like. Uh, I'm sad it never really caught on. It's also like when my mom told me that she really wanted to name me Josephine, and I was like, Oh my god, it could have been a Joe. Are you kidding me? <laughs> god, Joe March. Oh my god, Joe Bliss. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh yeah. my god! I feel like I would have been unstoppable. <laughs> <laughs> um, but anyway, so yeah, <laughs> it feels so awkward to talk about. I'm like, this is weird. It's so minor too. It's yeah, like, basic, you know, it's not like too far off. Uh, yeah, but. exactly. I like go there and I'm like, my name is Esperanza. <laughs> <laughs> That would be amazing. <laughs> it would be amazing. No, yeah. it's like you've basically just like tried a slightly different shade of lipstick, right? Yeah. Somebody's calling me. On your phone? On your wrist? Well, my wrist tells me that somebody's calling me on my phone. <laughs> I actually don't know how that works, so thank you. It just shows up. Yeah. I, okay, because you could tell me that people call you on your wrist and I would I would be like – Okay. Well, I think if sense. it were an Apple Watch, yeah. you you can. This yeah, is like just you a could Fitbit. answer it and be like. Yeah. You'd be like, ha da. <laughs> oh my God. I don't know. I <laughs> never you had put it in your mouth. I don't know why you talk differently. <laughs> <laughs> Wrist talk is different. <laughs> what I still have, you know how everyone online is always talking about the Roman Empire thing? Like, yeah. what's yeah. the thing you think of every day? One of my Roman empires mm. is from the movie Get Smart, which is like a spy movie from like the 60s. And one of the spies in it is a woman and she's she's stuck somewhere. I can't remember if she's like in a jail cell or something, but she flips up her pink painted thumbnail and there's a tiny ass little phone Ew. phone underneath. It's it's a thumbnail on top of a thumbnail. I know, but still. Yeah, it yeah. seems scary. Nail but anyway, she calls. She calls on it and talks into her thumbnail. And this is something that I think about all the time. And it's also something I think about in the world of Apple Watches where I'm like, oh my God, they're going to do Apple thumbnail. <laughs> I do think it was so funny how like phones like got smaller and smaller and smaller for a while and then they got bigger and bigger and bigger mm -hmm. and I remember at the height of the, the smallness craze my sister studied abroad in Japan mm -hmm. and she came back with, with a cell phone it's like we didn't I didn't have a cell phone at this point so it was like novel to have a cell phone this was like probably the year 2000 <laughs> Um, and she came back and her cell phone was literally the size of a stick of gum. It was so amazing. It was thin. And at the time, like even the smallest like cell phones or anybody who had them had those Nokia bricks. Right. Oh yeah. Yeah. And that's eventually like what I had. Um, but it was, it was I mean, it felt like a Zoolander phone, like, <laughs> but it was amazing. It was like straight from Japan. I was like, how, how do you not lose it too? Yeah, or no sit kidding. on it or. Do you remember when, when, when Bluetooth first came out and they were, they were tiny like that and everyone, I just remember there being so much concern about like, you see people out in the world and they're talking and you think they're talking to themselves. Oh, yeah. You can't see their tiny phone. Yeah, and it wasn't that long ago yeah. that I feel like I would see people and be like, woo. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I also never liked them, and I had this crush on this guy who always had a Bluetooth in for a while there. And I – but it was, like, warring against my crush. Like, I was, like <laughs> – I was, like, so horny for him, but then I would see the Bluetooth, and I was, like, <laughs> Awful. Yeah. And then one time I saw him – attach a tablet to his belt and I was like <laughs> I was like goodbye forever <laughs> it's a, ten, a but. tablet <laughs> yeah. that's a big belt accessory 
<laughs> I don't know even how it attached. I don't know how it happened, but you know why? Tablet holster. I didn't ask. Fair. Why did you? Did he work for the electric company or something? No. Like, no, I think he might have just been kind of a gadget guy. Yeah. You know, I don't know. I yeah. really. I can don't hear know. like the leather of that belt squeaking from here. I feel like you know, it's like <laughs> there's a certain kind of belt that the, like the the guys who wear their an exterior cell phone holster mm-hmm. wear, and it squeaks, and mm-hmm. their pants have pleats. <laughs> These no. pants def did not have pleats. Okay. Thank God. That would be a lot for me to take in. A Bluetooth and a tablet <laughs> and a pleated pant. That like a tucked be, in polo. That's what I picture. That would be a lot for me. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm trying to uh, figure out if like if I had a like a deep crush on somebody and then they had um, a tablet holster that might actually make me like them more. Hmm. Like, even though typically I've, well, now I, I find like that a to bad be like person. a turn on. <laughs> no, that's not why I'm saying this. I'm just like, you know, when you get into like crush mode, it's like everything they do is mm-hmm. amazing and magical. Mm-hmm. Even if every little thing they do mm-hmm. is magic. So yeah. I feel like if I had had that crush, I would probably now find holsters attractive. <laughs> It would have imprinted on my brain you indelibly. You would have gone out and bought your own holster. Yeah. <laughs> so then you could go and be like, oh, my God. We're well, we match. Holster oh, people. man. Yeah, it didn't work for me. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> and then it just, it just went. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> went along the breeze. <laughs> and that's, you know, we were not meant to be. Yeah. So it was good to release. I'm glad. I'm glad that it <laughs> happened so the release could happen. <laughs> me too. Yeah. When I release a crush or when... I see an ict so enduring mm. that the crush is released from my pelvis. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's just not typically something that shallow. It's usually like they are cruel. They act mm. cruel or they do something mm-hmm. or they say something like about, I don't know, like about all women in some way that I'm like, oh, you're an enduring misogynist you yeah. know, or whatever. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, my pelvis has released you. <laughs> My pelvis has rebuked you. Um, so it's not typically something quite so shallow. I just want to say in my own yeah. defaults. <laughs> also, maybe you were picking up on something deeper. Right. That's you right. Know? Absolutely. I'm sure yeah. that's what that was. I think so. Yes. <laughs> I think so. I'm certain. <laughs> I can't tell if you're joking, but I'm certain. <laughs> well, do either of you, can either of you think of any icks that I have was, killed any of your crushes? I was, I was trying to as you were talking. I know that I have them. Mm-hmm. I think once I have a crush, like once it's like actually a crush level, they don't die easily. Yeah. In fact, maybe never. Do you think you carry your crushes forever? Like so. And if that crush would reach out to you now and was like, hey, I want to do. I can't think of. I mean, other than people I've had crushes on and then dated and then broken up with, those people Mm -hmm. are disqualified Mm because I don't have crushes on them anymore. Mm -hmm. That has done its whole life cycle. Mm -hmm. But like unrequited crushes or just like crushes I've had that have never been expressed or whatever they're all still like not quite as alive as they were once but they're just under the surface at all times. <laughs> yeah they're in like a cryogenically frozen state yep. at any moment they could melt and spring back to totally. life yeah yeah nice and it's like most of them just live far away uh-huh. and are so far in the past that like that probably won't ever happen but like I yeah especially the big ones you know mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think I have a totally different experience. I'm just like once I don't know. I I don't I don't consider people for a long time. Mm-hmm. Ah. I think I think I either I consider and I either try it or I make a decision and then that's then that's it. 
your mm-hmm. pelvic door yeah. only swings open for so long. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I don't, I don't, and I don't like keeping myself in that state for a long time. It's not fun for me. Oh, having I, the crush and yeah. like the yearning. You don't. Love yeah, me. I mean, it's mm-hmm. it's it's fun and exciting for a little while, but then it makes me like weird around the person, and I'm mm-hmm. like, I'm not being my real self. Oh, don't get me wrong, I you hate know? it. Yeah, so I think I'm I'm either like I'm like if I am interested, I'm gonna pursue you. Or I was just out of mind. That's, that feels very healthy. Thanks. <laughs> yeah, that does feel really healthy. Thanks. Meanwhile, I love yearning. <laughs> <laughs> I like yearning for lots of other things. Yeah. Yeah. You know. I, yeah, yeah. A little bit of yearning is fun. Yeah. yeah. Then like. All right. I don't want to yearn forever. That's yeah. right. Unfulfilled, like forever unfulfilled yearning. Okay. It's, it becomes toxic. But I do feel like I have uh, – like I have a vitamin deficiency for yearning, <laughs> so I need some of it. Vitamin Y. Yeah, deficiency. I, I need a vitamin Y and again. I think that if I get to a point where I really have a crush on a person, I can't even date them because I get so stuck in that I can't yeah. even talk to you. Yeah. Like awkwardness. <laughs> like if I wish that I do yeah. and I don't, but I wish I had like film evidence I could show you of how fucking awkward I am if I have had like like some of my grand mall crushes have been like truly like it is like somebody has lobotomized me and taken over my entire nervous system. Yes. It's wild. And I, I the, the thing that happens to me is I will read everything as proof that they are into me Mm -hmm. and what I don't like about it is then I feel like an insane person like categorizing probably pretty and like maybe maybe they are interested you know but like pretty like normal friendly behavior as like wow like just you know saying like hi how are you I'm like it means you know yeah and I I don't like I hate it I'm like I just want to be normal (laughs) I'm just trying to be normal Oh, crushes. I'd like to have I'd, I'd like to have a 2024 crush. Mm. I haven't had a crush in a long time. I would like yeah. that for you too. Yeah. That would be fun. Be good. Yeah. I feel like as I age, the crushes still take me over, but I am much more able to be like this was just normal behavior on their part, but I'm I'm fully able to be like, but I'm a monster in love with them. <laughs> so <laughs> that sounds um, like, yeah. And then after a while, yeah, it, it will like burn so hot that it'll like burn through my body, and I'm like, I need to take a break from this. <laughs> I have to like eat, sleep, and live a life. <laughs> but it's pretty good, and it's like the the fire gets easily stoked in there. I think like I've also gotten a little bit better at like pulling it together in front of my crushes mm. in my forties, mm-hmm. but it's still not great. And internally, <laughs> internally, I'm like, yeah, someone's like doing a tap dance in my belly <laughs> and my heart's puking into my thorax. <laughs> I do. I will say I do think it's gotten better over the years, but I also think I don't. Yeah. I, I've learned to manage it better yeah. than I could like in college, for yeah. instance. So there's progress there, but I think I'm going to be dead before I'm good at it. So <laughs> that's, but you in know, after your life, you're going to be so chill. I'm going to be like, Hey, babes. <laughs> you know what? Honestly, I don't think I've ever dated anybody that I was like wonked on full crush over. I don't think I actually have dated those people. I'm trying to think. I Yeah, I don't think any anyone I've ever been in a relation with have I been in bonkers town over. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's probably a great reason for that because I'm probably acting like a toolbar and they're like that, per- <laughs> that person. It's probably also good because I just think that those yeah, feelings are, are pinned on 
fantasy and not reality and it's really yeah. hard to like bring it back around i have dated a couple of people that i have like fallen very very hard for i just mm-hmm. haven't like preloaded the huge crush yeah. prior to actually getting with them yeah. um but i talked with my therapist about this um years ago no longer my therapist but has like being the like neptunian haze that can come over mm. you when you're like building your life together in your head when mm, you're like yes. creating sims that are living <laughs> your life yes when you future. create you and your crush in the sims you make you live together that's exactly yes. right <laughs> um and i was like this is sick this is like so wrong like this is horrible and she was like the Neptunian haze is also like necessary to actually mm. like someone, to want to be with them, That's to like so create true. the part of you that wants to reach into in and past the fantasy. You have to have like mm. your heart has to yearn in order to want to connect in that way and to relate because relationships are also really hard. So yeah. if there's no haze, then there's nothing really getting you there, mm. yeah. um, which I really appreciated as a perspective and has helped me continue to be Delulu, um, has fueled my delusions for years now <laughs> because they were okayed by a therapist. <laughs> you get the stamp of approval. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm like, this is healthy. <laughs> Actually. Yeah. Do you all think that your crush style is similar to your love style? Like, for instance, hmm. do you feel like the people that you've loved in a relationship way anyway, in a romantic mm-hmm. sense, do you get to a point where that is then over and you no longer love them? Or do you carry that love for them always, but it just mm. changes? Mm. Or some other thing that I'm not thinking of that's... Some secret third option. Yeah. <laughs> There's probably hundreds of options. I don't know. Those. Oh. Because I think that I, like, yeah. I am like I am with a crush. Like, mm. if I have love to you, like, mm-hmm. that's always there, but I can also sort of disdain you (laughs) (laughs) or just know that like you 100% are not somebody I want to be with but like it's kind of like once it gets to a point of love like Mm. that is always a part a part of me yeah that's a tough question I am inclined to say that yeah if I've if I've gotten to the point right I truly love someone in a romantic sense I think that I think that always stays to a degree I mean like I don't I don't keep in touch with exes like that's mm-hmm. my, I'm just like just not interested but it's kind of like a like a love from afar you know just like wish you all the best over there yeah I'm not yeah. like a, I'm very rarely like yeah I don't really keep yeah. in touch or like with some folks like very yeah low-key yeah. like a couple times a year like yeah how are you doing yeah. sort of thing like friendly but yeah not like a hanger honor but just yeah <laughs> it like I don't know that love feeling doesn't necessarily change it just gets layered with other things as yeah. well I, yeah 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 I I agree it uh yeah it just like changes yeah. it's kind of like grief I feel like grief is mm. similar too totally like it doesn't like time doesn't actually make grief go away it just mm-hmm. sort of your relationship to it changes over time but it's still kind of always there I have never <laughs> once considered this question and I've been over here spiraling because yeah. I like, <laughs> I like I'm like, oh, my God. I mean, I I don't keep in contact with many of my exes, um, but the love for me does change. It For the ones that I loved and still appreciate, I, it, it changes to appreciation. It mm-hmm. changes to, like, a warm appreciation. Mm. But uh, I don't think I still – I don't think I could ever say I still love them. One ex who I just care about so much who has stayed, like, a friend friend and we talk – 
a fair amount. We talk every week. Mm-hmm. Um, we're like pretty close, like kind of besties. And I think we were supposed to be that and not mm-hmm. lovers. And that person, I tell him I love him all the time because I really do love him very much as one of my now dearest friends. And I feel no romantic feelings. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there's that. I think I, I think the ones who won't talk to me because I like hurt them, I think I I don't feel any love for them anymore, but I feel a lot of sorrow for how it mm. ended, you know, and I mm. feel regret. Yeah. yeah. Those sort of f- backfilled that space in my heart that I had. Yeah. Yeah. Which I feel like, well, I was, I was going to say, I feel like I can only feel that for someone if I really love them, but that's not true. There's been plenty of people who I've, mm. I have not loved deeply, but I'm like, damn, I'm. Yeah. But you could care up. for them. <laughs> that's yeah. True. That's it's true. like, yeah. you, right. You're. Yeah. Yeah, you're upset about how it ended and their hurt feelings because yeah. there was obviously like a connection there yeah. and yeah, you yeah. care for them as a person. And yeah, I also think problematically, I love a lot of people in the, in the world. <laughs> like I just like I was thinking recently at law school about how many people at law school I love. And I, was like, I love that person. I love that person. I love them. <laughs> and I think like um, and I think that's problematic because like you know could I really could respond to some stronger emotional boundaries um but that also then becomes confusing (laughs) because there's like this general agape that Mm. that I like feel for yeah people around me yeah or my community well there's like yeah I mean there that's the different types of love I guess like yeah like the human love the friend love the romantic love the erotic love it's been a while since I felt romantic love actually yeah would you say – I'm just going to, like, keep laying in these questions. Yeah, that apparently, yes. apparently yes. we're doing, like, a reverse episode because yeah, we're really yeah, right. going deep on relationships yeah. right now. But, That's great. Um, do all of the – for each of you, do all of the kinds of love feel the same in your body? Oh, hell no. Hell no. no. Okay. Fucking Eros, that is <laughs> pelvic. That is, that is root chakra. That's kundalini rising. <laughs> but I'm not just talking, like, attraction. Like, when you truly love, mm. like, your, part, your romantic mm-hmm. partner, but you also truly love – a best friend or whatever like that I guess if we're taking sex out of the mix well I don't know maybe we don't have to but like the love portion of it does that feel the same I can't feel romantic love without sex so that is just experiencing itself yeah. intertwinedly <laughs> in a DNA sort of sense in my body differently I think mm-hmm. and then I think I I did not know this about myself but I guess we're learning it now I think like that like sexual impulse for expression of romantic love is like I've never been I've never been with someone for like 10 years so I don't mm. know what it's like to actually live the life cycles of like being sexually into your partner and then sometimes not and then sometimes just being in love with them in a, in a friend way and then sometimes being in love with them in a sex way like I don't know people talk about these cycles mm-hmm. and then these long long-term relationships and I've never done that before so I don't know how that would happen for me so for me it's always just like those two things are very layered, intertwined, and enmeshed. And mm. I can't imagine extracting them into two different feelings yeah. in the body. And so friend love is like heart-centered, also brain-centered, and very warm in my body. But like <laughs> sex and romantic love is just very different, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I would agree. Now you they respond. Feel very different. <laughs> they feel very different to me as well, but I've yeah. never known if that's everybody's experience. Well, what's happening in you, in your body right now? No, <laughs> no. Tell me about how each of the feeling. What do you feel? Hey, where do you feel it? And how do you feel it? It's mostly chest and stomach. I would say. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Sort of nerve centers, mm-hmm. I guess. Yeah, but that's right. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's just, just like a warmness and sometimes a nervousness. But they're like, is that the sex romantic love or is that friendship love? Well, they both could have parts of that too. Yeah. Um, it just sort of depends. But they just, 
I guess I can't really describe it, but they definitely do feel very different. I guess one is sort of like has all of these for better or worse, like all of this like attached potential and like imagining of future and yeah, sexual feelings, all of this. Whereas like that doesn't happen with like even the deepest, even when you have a friend crush on somebody mm -hmm. and you're kind of in that new mm -hmm. excited phase, it, it has some similarities to a regular crush, but it, it doesn't come with the whole package, you know, it's yeah. just kind of yeah. like, okay, like maybe it feels similarly in your body. Cause you get that like mm -hmm. butterflies and you're kind of like, Ooh, do they want to be friends with me too? And, um, so there are a lot of similarities, but you aren't projecting onto it in the mm -hmm. same way. Mm -hmm. I just thought of another thing that's happening in my body when I'm in romantic, romantic sex love with someone, mm -hmm. um, which is that I totally forgot this other really important piece that's happening inside of me, which is terror. Like mm. that feeling of, of like wanting and that, and the terror of vulnerability and intimacy mm -hmm. is like, so is like a live wire in my veins. <laughs> So during that whole period, it's like yep. I like want to like dive right beneath the surface, but I'm also like <laughs> the whole time. Like, yeah, I want to die <laughs> in a good way. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and then also sometimes in a really bad way, like sometimes I'm really scared, like really, really scared. And, and sometimes I do a good job communicating that. And sometimes I do a real shit job of communicating that by being like, I can't hang out with you for a week. I'm sorry. You know, yeah. like, I, I can't hang out with you for a week because I'm like terrified of you and of me and of feelings and of you seeing me at all mm. whatsoever yeah so and you know that's the lifelong process so yeah you know we'll master it again like yeah in our 90s or and something i don't feel that with friendships like with especially yeah. especially women you know i'm like oh, what's there to be scared of you yeah know? yeah let's tell each other everything <laughs> 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 let's stay up all night <laughs> you know and boys i'm like i don't know i don't know i don't know yeah <laughs> Okay, now you in the body. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like the question of, of where in the body do you feel it? Because, yeah, for me, friend yeah, love. Somatic, somatic love hour. Yeah. The <laughs> somatic love edition. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, for me, friend love and romantic love are very different. And even though in romantic love I need the friend love, mm -hmm. um, it's like one of those things where it's like all – all romantic love is friend love, but not, but friend love is not romantic love, you know? <laughs> Square um, rectangle, like, and, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. <laughs> yeah, and I, I hold, I hold romantic love in like a very, very like special place. And I've been kind of like, oh, do I, do I hold it in too much of a special place? But for me, it's like that is reserved for certain people only. And it's like so exciting mm. to get to be in that with people. And I think like when I feel friend love, it's like more, like in the back of my head, like it's very like mm. brain stimulation. And I feel like, mm -hmm. and, um, and like, I do feel that kind of like body warmth, like, Oh, like my friends, but I feel it like mostly there. And I feel like romantic love. It's very like in my chest mm. yeah, and it feels very like open and yeah, but they're, they're very, they're very different for me for sure. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I, and I've, I've talked to some people who are like, no, they're pretty much the same. And I'm like, Wow. wow, I can't. I know I can't, and and I'm I'm saying wow, like I'm I'm judging, and I'm not. I just no, like no, no, do no. not understand. That's yeah, right. yeah. That's what it read yeah. was to me too. Yeah. So do either of you feel any love below your bellies? Because I'm hearing like for I'm hearing for you, it's like mm. mid torso up. For you, it's like belly and up. 
I mean, I definitely feel sexual attraction. <laughs> yeah, good. but like, good. yeah, sometimes the like stomach butterflies can be lower too. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, and then like, obviously, like if I'm nervous or like in crush mode, like that, like weak legs feeling is yeah, certainly. So I get knocky yeah. knees too mm-hmm. about boys. Yeah. So sometimes I have to sit down. Yeah, and like pelvis. Yeah, pretty much like pretty much can yeah. be anywhere. Yeah. Like, but. <laughs> Yeah, could be yeah. my earlobes. Sometimes my earlobes get really hot. <laughs> yeah, I think I think I can feel attraction in a lot of places mm-hmm. in my body, but I feel like the romantic love is really very much in the chest. And I've, yeah. and I've definitely like experienced where like if I am like very physically attracted to someone and I'm feeling in love with them, like there I don't know, there's almost like a line, mm. you know. Tell people where you're putting your lines from. Uh, I guess I'm I'm pointing to my shoulders down to my hips. Yeah. So kind of like mm. heart to groin. <laughs> <laughs> the old heart groin connection. Highway <laughs> to the dangers. <laughs> it's more like highway to the bone zone. Yeah. <laughs> no, I like thinking about uh, highway to the dangers. <laughs> Kenny Loggins song, which I always remember. One of our old coworkers always told me that she listens to that during takeoff on a plane to like calm her down and also Whoa. wipe her up. Wow. Get her right in the right place for that. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> I asked I asked this question in part because the other day and like I don't know what this means, but I like had this realization that like the feeling the feeling that my body feels when it's like really sad about something, especially if it's or not really sad, but like this certain kind of sadness like feels exactly like like love and I was like Whoa, what does that mean <laughs> well, like, you said earlier that, that like past love and grief feels very yeah. similar I was like yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and I mean I think partially I think because like grief is like proof of love mm-hmm. you know yes. and when we lose love we say we're grieving and yeah. yeah but that that's interesting that sadness and deep love feel feel similar but also yeah. makes sense yeah, it does. Yeah. It was like this moment where I was like sort of grieving about like this person who passed away and then like immediately like went into like how much I appreciate and love my dog. <laughs> and like yeah, it was yeah. weird because I noticed that like even though they weren't connected, that like the feeling in my body didn't change at all. Mm. And it just like went from one to the other. And I was like, huh, interesting. I That's something to bring up in therapy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah totally. Well, I, but I guess, yeah. <laughs> That's good or, or what? I don't know if that's normal. But Well, and who hasn't felt the like – true ache in your chest mm. during a horrible breakup or like yeah. when you're when you're really grieving mm. a love or a lost love yeah. like that's very it feels incredibly physical to me yeah and I guess I guess that makes sense too because when you love someone like you want you're like yearning for connection and when you're in loss you're yearning for connection yeah and when you have a crush you're yearning for connection yeah you're always yearning for connection. I'm pretty much yeah. always yearning for connection <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> So, Ashley, mm-hmm. do you have any gossip? Oh, my gosh. I do, but you cannot tell anyone. <laughs> oh, fine. We'll see. We'll see. Um, this gossip came from a busybody, and it is gossip from far away. And I just want to say we're going to set this in the country of Belize, but that's also not the country where this takes place. Okay. Um, and because this is like a wild story that I was like not expecting. And this busybody is fairly local to us, okay. which keeps it kind of still a local gossip, <laughs> which I, I like enjoy. It. So, okay. 
This busybody and her husband moved for a year to Belize to pursue a year-long academic opportunity for her two elementary school-aged kids. So one year, they're moving to Belize. Both of them, the mother and the father, work jobs where they can, um, you know, telecommute, whatever. (laughs) Work (laughs) Work remote. (laughs) Telecommute is so 90s. I love it. They have a fax machine in Belize. (laughs) Let me get on my tiny phone. Horrible. (laughs) Okay. And so then herein begins her story written mostly in her words, though. I did, um, you know, change lots of details and then also like change some grammatical structure. But for the most part, this is from (laughs) this is from our busybody friend. Nice. All right. So we signed the kids up for an all outdoors international forest school in Belize, where we were told there were 19 different nationalities represented and they spend all day outside and the curriculum included gardening, composting and hanging out with cows. I was like, when I heard that, I was like, that That sounds sounds great. And for, especially for a year, you know? Right. And they're young, like, you know, they're not, we're not talking about like somebody hanging out with cows at the age of 17 when they should be like taking. But it's super inappropriate. The SATs. Yeah. Yeah, You you do not (laughs) hang with cows. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. I'm sure there's a statute about it. Uh, We were also told that they were changing their policy to have an enrollment fee and that it would get waived for us because we were signing up before it went into effect. So we show up, we move there, and instead of 19 nationalities, there are three. And also we get charged the enrollment fee. And it becomes very clear from the outset that the director is a little off her kilter, but is genuinely there for the right reasons and loves the kids. But she has no sense of financial management as it becomes obvious. So she and one of the language teachers don't seem to communicate well, and they often get into arguments, and they start to contradict each other in the all-parents chat on WhatsApp. <laughs> <laughs> this is annoying, but ultimately pretty fine, but, and not a huge red flag right away. But about a month after we start, we get an all-family chat on WhatsApp that says that there was an incident at school and that the school will not stand by while anyone is bullied or harassed. But then there is no information about the actual incident, (laughs) no details, what happened, who was involved, etc. And as a result of this unnamed incident, the school withdraws their support from a school pool party that's happening after a beach cleanup that day. But this withdrawal of support ends up putting all the financial responsibility for the party on the family that's hosting the pool party without giving them any notice. (laughs) And it's also totally unclear how the unnamed incident and the pool party or the family are at all even connected or even if they're connected at all. So this starts to give the parents pause. They're just like, who's managing this? Like, what's going on? What was the incident? What's happening? Like, are our kids okay? Yeah, you can like, like drop like a vague hint at something in a thread and then leave. Which also like as professional gossipers. That's bullshit, you know? You have to give me the story. God damn it. Yep. (laughs) What are you doing? So this busybody goes on. Two days later, I I get a phone call from another parent with the details. So the gossip phone call. (laughs) Literally a game of telephone. Yes. Has begun. And that's exactly what I just wanted to say before I even break into all of this is that like (laughs) this is all coming 12th hand. Like this is alleged. Like we do not know the truth of these scenarios. Like blah, blah, blah. Okay. So that parent tells our busybody that what happened was the partner of the director allegedly tried to lure an eight-year-old boy into their housing, which is apparently on the school campus, and asked the boy for kisses. So all of the parents are outraged, terrified, upset, freaking out. They eventually learn, however, that 
that's not what happened. And what actually happened is that the little boy hit his head and the partner, who's also been a, a coach of the sports at the school for um, for many years, kissed him on the head to make it feel better. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, you hit your head, kiss you on the head. In Belize slash the country where this is actually taking place, kissing is a huge part of the culture. It's very normalized. It's really normalized within the school environment. This kid came from a white family from the United States. So that's where we had like major culture clash here. So very different cultural norms. And also a parent of that child hates the director. And remember, the guy in the story is the director's spouse. Mm-hmm. So there's a beef here. So parent of the child who was kissed on the head hates the director spouse of the person doing the kissing. Mm. And this parent has been trying to get rid of the director for a long time and used this sort of twisted, weird incident to call the police and the FBI. Wow. And then forces all of the parents to sign a letter to the mayor of the city in Belize saying that our children are unsafe and that the director should be removed. Just go to a different school. <laughs> or like go back to the U.S. Or yeah. Like whatever. Yeah. So that angry parent then succeeded somehow in getting a restraining order barring the director from her own property where she lives and works. Like she lives on this property with the school. So now the director can't go to her home or her job because they got some sort of weird restraining order. And then right after this, the director and her spouse flee the country because apparently the director's spouse is also not a legal resident of Belize somehow. Okay, so now the director is a fugitive, spouse is gone. So there's no, now there's no director at the school and also no coach at the school. So there are a bunch of international families in Belize now with their kids in a school without a director and about a third of the families leave after this drama. Just beat it. They just go back. There go the other two countries. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Exactly. And then they also, the parents, before all the families leave, All of the families get together and for whatever reason, which is not explained here, give the earth science teacher, who is the director's ex-husband. Oh my gosh. I know. A performance review so incredibly horrible that he quits. So now we have no director, no sports coach, and no earth science teacher at the International Forest and Science Outdoor School. (laughs) Okay. And then the director, in absentia, basically on the run, then refuses to pay the electricity bill and has someone put up a for sale sign on the school, but actually doesn't list the property anywhere for sale. And then the school loses electricity because the electricity bill doesn't get paid. So then the parents get a generator from the mayor's office. Committed. <laughs> I know. Yeah. I know. Resourceful. I mean, that WhatsApp chat has got to be oh, fucking fire. Yeah. Okay. So they get a generator from the mayor's office, but somehow the fugitive director advocates to the mayor directly for the generator to be rescinded, and it is taken back by the mayor's office. Okay, so then the remaining staff at the school start bringing in their own home generators to run the school daily, including the school's internet. Oh my God. I know. Meanwhile, new families are coming in and paying deposits to the fugitive director and not being warned of all of this shit. Whoa. Okay, so new families from other countries are coming in, moving wow. to this to Belize to have their kids go to the school. And they're just like paying in this huge enrollment fee. No one's telling them what's going on. Okay. And the fugitive director, the director on the run, is charging $7,000 a month in rent for the school property, which is absurd. And all the parents can afford to stay only until basically February. So everyone starts looking for other venues for the school. They all decide that they're just going to take the school away and move it somewhere else in Belize. (laughs) 
So at this point, the parents begin to do some online research also, which, I mean, as a good busybody. Always leave yeah. no good. No. Yeah, <laughs> All good things. Should always be doing. <laughs> yes. But anyway, they get on the internet. Okay, we Google the school's board members and learn that three out of the four of the school's board members are disbarred lawyers. <laughs> <laughs> and not, we're not sure which country or countries they are from. And that the parent who made the original accusation was also sued by the SEC for penny stock fraud. This is free on Al Gore's internet. (laughs) 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 And the internet basically says that the parent essentially embezzled multiple millions of dollars and was given a five-figure fine. And this parent likes to talk about how rich they are, how they personally helped the school transition from a grassroots organization into an international nonprofit, and that this parent bought all the kids' computers, and that all the school supplies were all purchased by her out of the goodness of their heart. And then our busybody goes on to say, just as a note, we were each charged a substantial amount for both computers and school supplies. So this is not true. And it turns out that in order to retain the huge Belize tax benefits for year-round residents, you have to make a donation to a nonprofit. So this parent chose a school and converted it into a nonprofit to donate to. And in an interesting twist, the director never actually filed any of the paperwork. So all of his parents' donations were wasted anyway. Okay. Whoa. So that's just like an administrative what the that's fuck. That's just another thing that's happening. Another thing that's happening. Okay. okay. In addition to the eight-year-old boy whom the parents stated was, quote, harassed, unquote, this parent also has a 16-year-old and a 12-year-old. Fast forward to last week when the parents are all sent a super vague email saying that there's a school meeting that we all must attend at 1 p.m. on a work day. And one of the new parents at the school starts harassing the board president that it's absurd that the board is not actually providing any information about what's going on prior to this meeting, that they don't have the opportunity to formulate any questions pre-meeting, that the parents are being told that everyone might be evicted, and generally that this parent is understandably extremely upset about this chaotic mismanagement. (laughs) So that happens. And then we all go to the meeting. And at the meeting, we learn that the fugitive director called the Belize Health Department on the the school and that they are shutting us down because you need to provide electricity when you're running a school. (laughs) (laughs) Also, there are other things like there's this mini trout pond in a huge pot on the school grounds and you can't have standing water on the grounds of a school. And it turns out the kitchen is built on top of the septic system. Also not okay. Ew. (laughs) I (laughs) I know, I know. So we're told at this meeting that we have 10 days to vacate the premises and that there are three weeks left of school at this point. So we collectively decide that we're going to move the school to the public park for the last two weeks because if we stay on the premises for the remaining 10 days, we would each have to sign a waiver saying that we're okay with our child's safety at that school. And then that would trigger Child Protective Services of Belize to question our parenting. Whoa. Oh God. So they have to move the kids to the public park instead. Okay. Also, at this meeting, one of the dads starts immediately saying that we've all that all we've gotten from the board is lies and that we have permission to stay until the 15th. The board chair starts screaming at him to bring in the person who told him that they had permission to stay until the 15th because that board president wants to have a real talk man to man. So the dad gets up to leave, but before he leaves, he waves his phone in the in the the board president waves his phone in the accusing parent's face and says, "We all know what you did." And then the board president starts screaming at the guy that this woman is taking care of his kids for him because he's a bad dad. So then (laughs) 
another dad gets in between them before they start actually fist fighting. And in order to keep them from fist fighting, he holds his three-year-old daughter up so that if they punch, they'll punch the child. Oh, my God. What? Okay, back up. So the the guy who held the daughter up in defense was the accusing parent? Was it totally Totally different different parent? Just a random parent parent being like, you can't punch each other. My child is here to protect everyone. Just Whoa. And and our busybody is like, oh, like she's like, I'm from Maine. <laughs> like, what is happening? Okay. At this point, we decide that the school cannot reopen the next year because they have barely enough money to pay the teachers through the rest of the year. Most of the teachers walk out of this meeting when that other dad goes, and we learn that this is because they're all on the side of the fugitive director. Whoa. With the exception of the teacher who replaced the director's ex-husband, <laughs> who was the one who got the horrible review yeah. and quit. Okay. That teacher who replaced the director's ex-husband, who is that person? It is none other than the accusing parent. What? Yeah, Whoa. I know. Somehow that parent got elected as the replacement teacher for this subject. What? Who knows how? And this apparently this parent makes the kids do tons of work, even on weekends, and shames them publicly. And they started their first class by saying, some of you are smarter than others, just so you know. Wow. (sighs) Okay. And then the other dissenting teacher, there's only two. So the dissenting teachers are one, the accusing parent, like originally accusing parent. The other dissenting teacher is a language teacher who has basically become the new director. And they don't tell us much at this meeting because they say they're not legally permitted to. And we learn that this is because the language teacher wrote a letter to the fugitive director asking her to come to an agreement with them. And in that letter outlined all of the additional accusations that were going on. And then the language teacher shared the letter with all of the parents so that they would know what was happening. And that prompted the director to sue everyone for defamation. Whoa. <laughs> and now everyone at the school is countersuing the director for embezzlement. <laughs> I know. I know. Okay, so the next day, um, (laughs) the parents all get an email from the director saying that starting in January, she's reopening the same exact school with the same exact teachers on the same exact premises. That she has just (laughs) alerted the health department is like super fucked up. But she's reopening the school there. She invites us all to a meeting to talk about it, which... um, our busybody and her family could not go to, but learned that she needs 18 children to make it work and that she only has the finances for two of the teachers with that many students. So one of the teachers is her (laughs) ex-husband and the other is the French teacher whom we absolutely love. And the French teacher gets fired by the existing school for attending this meeting. So isn't able to finish out the last couple of weeks with the kids. And then our busy. Wait, so she essentially rehired her ex-husband? Yes. After he quit because he got a bad review. Yes. Okay. Yep. Yep. And and then and now she's going to rehire the French teacher. And then our busybody just said, I know there's a lot more that happened, but these are the key points. (laughs) And I really think this would have made a wonderful TV show. Wow. So do you do you have a sense of like what like the overall timeline is? Is this like a week, a month? Um yeah, you know, what a great question. I think they moved there. I think they started like normal school year, like September. Okay. So, so over the September past to months. December. Wow. 
that is a lot of unraveling. But they're really happy they moved there to go to that oh, school. Oh my gosh, right? I'm like, oh my God. especially because like they've now sunk so much money, it sounds like. I mean, just having to pay all these random enrollment fees they weren't expecting, these rent prices that fell entirely to the parents to have to pay them. I'm just surprised at anyone who, who'd like stick it out that long. I'd be like, I know. Nope. Get yeah. Back, well, get I mean, back I, the think, van for I think driving she, back to the U.S. Right. <laughs> I mean, I think she, her husband, the two kids, like, you know, she had taken her kids out of American yeah. school. Like they, yeah. I think they rented their house out for a year. Mm-hmm. You know, it's right. like, yeah, not just not, an easy switch back. Yeah, and I think they also were, you know, probably in situations like this, it's like things are moving more slowly than it sounds like in this right. story. So like, right. you keep having this this like hope that it'll get better and you're talking to all the other parents and they're like, what if we can just do this? What if we this? can get the generator yeah, from yeah, the mayor? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Oh my God. I know. And I just can't imagine doing all of this in a foreign country. Yeah. And like not knowing any of the rules and then clearly like also getting in hot water because you don't know their actual customs and you, yeah. and if you're not, um, if you're not a white person who's ready to like you know, live in a country where the cultural norms are very different from your own and, like, understand that you're going there for that experience. Like, that's also a thing that's happening. It's mm-hmm. like, whoa. Yeah, and then trying to navigate, like, the bureaucracy of, mm-hmm. you know, and, like, how to, yeah, navigate the systems to get support or, like, sue people or all of that. I know. It's just like, whoa. Oh, my gosh. So crazy. Wow. Well, thank you for sharing that. Oh, my God. You're welcome. thank you to the busybody. Yeah. Yeah. And Love our busybody goss. And what, like, a great um, advertisement for public schools. Exactly. (laughs) My gosh. And we really hope that you get home safe and sound and soon, honestly. Even if you want to stay, I want you home soon. I don't want you to do this anymore. It sounds scary. I'm also nervous about the trout pond in a pot. Yeah. And it sounds like they're (laughs) not even spending time with cows. Yeah. Where are they? Where are the cows? Yeah. Well, that is the whole point. Yeah. Yeah. Um, All right, Steph, um, do you have a little gossip to share with us? I do. I have just a small update to some gossip that you shared, I think in the previous episode or maybe the episode before that about a new store in Dover. Oh, yeah, that a busybody texted the yes. Lips phone about yes. and shared. Yep. Yes. Yep. And this store is called The Shop. Quite, quite a name. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the Shop by Wheat. So, like, the brand is Wheat. Okay. The Shop is The Shop. <laughs> okay. And I guess that they have a location in York. York, Maine. York, Maine. Uh-huh. And it's owned by a couple. And what we learned in you know, whatever previous episode was that one half of the couple was a actor on Pretty Little Liars. So I read an article <laughs> in Foster's Daily Democrat. Oh, nice. Yeah. And perfect. my reliable source of gossip. Yeah. You are so good at the <laughs> gossip. I love it so much. And I'm just reading the news. <laughs> um, so I don't know if I'm going to, if I'm pronouncing his name right, um, but it's spelled H-U-W, so I'm just going to call him Hugh. Yeah, I've um, known a Hugh spelled that okay. way. So his name is Hugh Collins. He's British, mm-hmm. and he played Archer Dunhill slash Elliot Rollins on Pretty Little Liars. Oh, God, a slash. That's a real soap opera thing. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Right. you never yes. see a slash unless it's Shakespeare or a soap opera. There's like a forgotten yeah. twin brother yeah, somewhere. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Or the, uh, like a face-off situation. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah. they tore the face off of Archibald Cuckersuck. <laughs> 
<laughs> or whatever the fuck his name was. Uh-huh. Yep, Archer Dunhill. <laughs> yeah, he <laughs> tore Archer's face off and stuck it to Dingle Dangle. Ellie Rollins. <laughs> yeah. yeah, or yeah. like Archer yeah. died and then like came back. Oh, 100%. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's For different because sure. he has a mustache but, and no one can tell. <laughs> um, For sure. So he's our little like local... Wow. Celebrity of any of, and so none of us have seen this show though. No, no, right? Because no. it's and we the don't other even... show that sounds <laughs> yes. like this that we have Big seen. Big Little Lies. Yes. Yeah. Okay. And I didn't know this. He's married to a woman called Molly Shaheen, uh, as in the daughter of Jean Shaheen, as in the daughter of Democratic oh. Senator Jean Shaheen. Whoa. Yeah. Which I thought was kind of more important to this story <laughs> than yeah, yeah. And especially if, in this area especially like, in this area she has yeah. an office in dover yeah. and also jean jaheen's husband whose name i didn't write down but he has a also law- jean <laughs> <laughs> but he's also shaheen he's a law office in dover so it's yes. like big yeah. local family right it's like right there in the center of everything yeah right? across from fosters yes the across fosters from building, fosters right? uh-huh. they're the old fosters building oh, yeah right. Yeah, so that's the deal. And I also learned that they um, – so the brand Wheat, like, also sells their products at several luxury stores, including a Four Seasons and Martha's Vineyard. <laughs> okay, okay. So okay. this is, like, this Your is – I think, yeah, because I think, like, the, the big upset before was that they are selling these, like, $100 T-shirts that say Dova. Like, that's their, oh, like that's no. their thing. Oh, so I think, like, this is just building a bigger picture. And Molly and Hugh split their time between New Hampshire and Los Angeles. So they're not even local, local. Yeah. Yeah. And um, even though she is from quite the New Hampshire she is. dynasty, yeah, as they she would is, say. Yeah. She is from here, but they... Um, but I'm, nobody in the family yeah. says Dova. Yeah, no kidding. No one it. says that. Well, no one says it. For, well, yeah. some people, maybe. Yeah. But, like, yeah, it's not like... That shirt is not for people from here. Yeah. Right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. That's right. Nor exactly. by people from here, clearly. Yeah. Well, and even, listen, I have been to the Rite Aid when they, for some reason, have a bunch of Dover, New Hampshire t-shirts for $5. Yeah. I would like to buy that. Mm-hmm. I will not be buying a $100 t-shirt from the shop. Uh-huh. Right. If I'm going to be buying paraphernalia from the place where I live, it's going to be cheap and funny. It's yeah. It's so odd yeah. because you think, like, this can't be anybody's dream can it <laughs> like why well, they are have they multiple locations it? so maybe it is yeah okay and, and maybe but, maybe there's like a, some yeah. sort of product line that makes more sense to me but i'm like selling dova t-shirts stop selling that shirt yeah that's just right. stop selling that yeah. shirt. yeah there must be other good please stuff spell, there, please. And, and i think it's 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 more that i just want more practical things in dover yeah like sure <laughs> the location where this store used to be i think it was called nicole's and it was like it was like a local homegrown Hallmark type store. So you could go yeah, there and get like yeah. cars and little knickknacks and like, okay, that's that's like kitschy but also useful. Yeah. I don't really have a use for this. Yeah. Where in town yeah. is it? It's next to Harvey's. Oh, okay. Yeah. So it was it was that big corner storefront that was vacant for like quite some time. Mm-hmm. I've never gone in. I'm yeah. not going to. So anyway, so that's that's my um my small gossip about um the shop by wheat. Mm. Are there um, any other Chamber of Commerce news that we want to bring in to this well, hour? Well, I will say that I have, I have no updates about the South Berwick Santa from Home for the Holidays. I there wanted was, to know. Uh, there okay, were no, no more conversations that I could find. Okay. Uh, traffic light still working? The traffic light is working, yes. Hey. People have big feelings about it, but, you know, that's going to happen. Yep. And you'll have to let us know once all three are installed and working yes. how that's going. That's you know? right. Yep. 
so far so good. I would say that I am into the new light. I'm happy it's there. Mm. So cool. Although I think it's the place that we need it the least out of the three, but that's okay. It's a start. It's a start. You got to ease people into it. That's right. Exactly. Now, Lauren, did you bring us some, uh, some fun stuff from the old apps? I did. I did. Um, all right. So over the last couple of weeks, I found some like funny things on the apps that I wanted to share with you all. Um, and this is not even a full profile. It's just one photo that I found that I was like, I feel like Steph especially (laughs) is like one of the better photos I've seen on a dating site, but I wanted you to describe it because I know also the fans have told, they have spoken and they say that they love it when we describe things and we haven't done it really much this season. So, okay, here you are. (laughs) Oh, okay. This is a white man and I would put him somewhere in his... 30s or 40s he's wearing gray bluish like pajama pants sweatpants but not in a hot way (laughs) and he has a an unbuttoned black and white tie-dyed button-down collared shirt unbuttoned all the way yeah (laughs) and oh and there's some like weird like applique on (laughs) on the like breast pocket it's like a harsh fleur-de-lis <laughs> is it like a is it like a coat of arms kind of yeah oh, it looks it looks gosh. kind of like it's kind of like a metal like I'm, there's it's like a really distinct style that i can't think of the way to describe it but if i could you know what i'm talking about <laughs> um he's holding a cat which would be cute except the cat like does not want to be held. It is trying to jump down, and I feel like and he's he holding was... it like under one arm. Yes. Too, like... Well, he, he has it in like two hands, but I'm like, you've never held a cat before. You're not mm-hmm. a cat person. Mm-hmm. You're trying to convince me you're a cat person. I'm a cat person. I know. <laughs> and this, cat, I feel like he was like, let me hold this cat for my for the <laughs> the apps. Chicks and... love cats. <laughs> also, like one of the hairiest chests I've ever seen. He appears. Is it to be good bald. Hairy? You know, it is, except I don't like anything else about yeah, him. Yeah, yeah. So, so, we, so, so we hate therefore it. Therefore, it's yeah. gross. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, the cat He's is bald, like, though? I, I think so. I mean, the <laughs> the picture, like, cuts off at his eyebrows. Okay. <laughs> so I actually, he looks like he has no eyebrows um, or can hair, relate. but he I, has five o'clock shadow. I have to say, I sometimes like to cut my photos off, like, right above my eyebrows because I have so much fucking forehead. <laughs> but his is, you can't even see his eyebrows. Okay, and yeah, he's right. giving this really, like, uncanny valley dead eye smile Ooh. and he has a bu- the doll, doll eyes <laughs> it's like doll eye adjacent uh-huh yeah i will say the picture below he's with his family so that's nice and he's a family guy can you hold the phone up to me i want to see it it's a no from me dog <laughs> yeah <laughs> It just like the shirt unbuttoned and the cat. It felt so like I was like, "Are you going for swashbuckling yeah, with yeah, cats?" Yeah, like it's very yeah. like open, and it's not just open. It's like romance novel. Yeah, open. it is. It is. That, long, is, that is a Fabio shirt. Apart. Yes. Yeah, yes. you know what? If he just wore a t-shirt, I would have been like, maybe. Yeah. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> you are right, though. That the hairy chest is good, and it is. Um, it's misused on this man. It is misused. Yeah. Misplaced. Wow. Thank you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I just, it gave me a chuckle. I didn't even notice the flirtily. Oh, it's like. Like, what is that style? That's, um, 
It's not Ed Hardy. Ed Hardy. Oh, oh that's what I was thinking I was, of. It's like, it's like almost Ed Hardy. I yeah, feel like there's. It's in that vein. I, like I, he, this guy yeah. would definitely wear jeans with embroidered pockets. Yes. hundred yeah. percent. Yes. Yeah. Like, like stonewashed jeans. Yeah. With like very prominent uh, embroidery. Yeah. That's like white embroidery. Yeah. But like, that's like super feminine, but he's somehow also a biker. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. You know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, anyway, so that made me chuckle. And of course, when I saw the cat, I was like, well, it'll be a Steph one. <laughs> uh, <laughs> All right. So there's one other short one and then I'll get to like the real one. All right. So I found this guy who is on Hinge, local in this area. And tell me this is not Jess Mariano. <laughs> oh, my God. It is. Yeah. This is, the phone. this is him. Milo Ventimiglia. Yeah. 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 Milo Ventimiglia, but I, I would hazard a guess he might actually be 5'10". But maybe, I don't know, how tall is Milo Ventimiglia? Like 4'11". Oh, really? He's quite small. Oh, well. I, I think he's like pocket-sized. Oh, really? Well. I might be wrong, but I believe he's little. Let's oh, look. Okay. I'll Google it. Okay. But like that face it, that, is that, uncanny. That's him. And even the posture. Yeah. And the smirk. Like, I'm getting the sense from this picture that he knows. I yeah. think he knows. And this was, I will say that the the photo I chose looked yeah. the most like Jess Mariano. Sure. But, um, damn. Yeah. Okay. They're out there. I feel terrible. Because the problem is that I only know Milo Ventimiglia from standing next to Dean or Jared Padalecki in the show and who is 6'4". <laughs> so I thought he was like five foot two but he's five nine he's a perfectly normal height and yeah. also we all know from prior i hope we all know from prior episodes that i've dated so many elves that like this is not a thing this, this is not actually yeah this but... is like not even a thing that matters to me like height is nice it's great but i do not care what it is on you like yeah. what what you have for a height does not qualify as anything for me but if you're short you call them an elf <laughs> yeah but they, i mean they're an elf i mean you don't even know you can be short couple, and not elven but you have dated i have truly dated, elven yes people. I have that is multiple very, elves. Okay. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. I see what you They mean. were short and elven. Yep. Sorry. Let's go back to the fun. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. So I just, I thought that was like an uncanny resemblance. Yeah. And yeah. Also to somebody who I find very attractive. Yes. So. Yeah. Anyway. Did you swipe on him? No. Uh, why not? Because uh, it's these. Because we don't swipe on attractive men. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. I don't know. Um, I don't even remember why, but. Okay, so the thing I really wanted to talk about was, um, so I came across a profile of, this is a 53-year-old man mm. who does not have children, mm -hmm. um, but apparently wants them, and he listed he doesn't have kids. He's 53 years old, and he answered the prompt in his profile, a life goal of mine is, and he answered it, to see myself holding my great-grandchildren. Oh. So I was like... Okay. Uh. Um, so I did some quick math, right? So if this guy were to, even if, okay, assuming I made the assumption, right, that he meets the love of his life today uh -huh. and they have a baby in year 54. He's 53 currently, okay. right? Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right so away. give him the benefit of the doubt. He's going to make this happen quickly. Yeah. So I did three different calculations real quick. <laughs> so first I calculated it based on Kind of the youngest possible reasonable age that each generation would have kids. So I did that at 15 years. Mm -hmm. So if his child has a baby at 15 years, his child's child has a baby at 15 years, he will get to hold his great-grandchildren if he lives to be 84. Oh. Okay. It's okay. possible. But okay. that's two generations of people who have to 
birth children at the age of 15. Yeah. yeah. Not highly likely. Yeah. So the second calculation I did was based on the national average age uh-huh. of when people have kids. Uh-huh. So that is 26.9. So I rounded that up to 27. Uh-huh. Like yeah, that was reasonable. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so he's 53 now. If he has his, his kid at 54, that kid would then have a child when he is 81 and he would meet his great grandchild at 108. Okay, so uh-huh. I'm like, all right, this guy better be like real healthy. Yeah, this is if this is your life goal, mm-hmm. whew, you better, you better, I hope you better be eating eating well. Yeah, um, take your statins, bro. So I also calculated at the his current rate of procreation, assuming he has a child in the next year, <laughs> which is that he has a kid at 54. His child, his he gets to meet his grandchild when he's 108. I thought that it was interesting. 108 came up twice in uh-huh. this. And he meets his great-grandchild when he's 162 years old. (laughs) Perfect. Excellent. (laughs) That just like, I was like, all right, well, not just your grandchild, but your great-grandchild is, that's a lofty goal. And it it says in his profile that he doesn't have kids. Correct. Okay. Wow. Yeah. That is, I do feel like you're missing one important data marker, which is that it does not ask in these um, dating apps if you're immortal. And I feel like, like you know, if they asked that, that would also help us in this situation, you know? Mm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I will say when I, like, when I, (laughs) it would really help. Um, When I first saw it, my, my gut reaction was like, oh, it's like another guy who's looking for like a really young wife Mm -hmm. because he wants to have kids. But then I was like, actually, it doesn't matter how young his wife is. He still has to live a long ass time to meet his great grandchildren. Yeah. Yeah. It it does sort of show the like delusion of man though. Yeah. That's kind of what I was thinking. I was like, maybe the other question should be like, do you know how like reproduction works? Or do you know how old you are, sir? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Like, do you know what year it is? Yeah. Do you know where you are? How many fingers am I holding up? (laughs) And this is assuming that the age 53 that he listed is correct too. Right. Yeah. Um, That's true. That dude could be 67, honestly. Yeah. I mean, I will say he he didn't look that old, uh-huh. but yeah. um, like, yeah, it was. Well, and, and sometimes the immortals don't, that's you true. know. That's true. Uh-huh. I guess to give him the benefit of the doubt, there could be a scenario where he marries someone who has kids. True. And he, you know, is fully like their kids are my grandkids, or I guess they would be his children and then they would. So it'd still be a long time. Yeah. But. Um, That's true. I didn't consider like stepchildren. Yeah, but I feel like the like his answer to that question does indicate biological children. Yeah, because yeah. like he was like my like yeah. I feel like when somebody uses that, it's like whoa. But yeah. but yeah, that's I, you know, and that could be a great way forward for him because I did want to calculate the probability of reaching each of these ages right. um, to give him clear view because clearly he's listening. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, um, which I didn't do, even though I tend to get nerdy about numbers. Yeah. But um, I like this. I like this option for him. I think we should jot this down as a plan and start sketching that out. Another option could be if he's ever been a sperm donor. Oh. He may have a biological child out in the world he doesn't know about, uh-huh. and then they could reconnect, and he could meet his uh-huh. ch- grandchildren right. or great grandchildren, or like someone who he slept with back in the day yep secret child love yeah, child secret yeah child or like gave the child up for adoption yes yes mm-hmm. absolutely a possibility someone should go on a date with him and find out all right well if i can find him in my photos and then somehow find him on the apps again i'll try to make it happen to get a little bit more information yeah for them. we'll wire you yeah <laughs> 
my God. That's an idea for season three. We actually buy a functioning wire and start dating again. Because <laughs> there's nothing like adding stage fright to first date jitters. Exactly. Oh, my God. Or, like, uh, yeah. Or your Anyone first date pressing be... charges against us. Right. Or, or your first date could be him coming on the podcast. Yes, Immediately right. put yourself in a position of power. I am actually stuttering with like how great it would be if we matched with men on Hinge and then we were like, for date one, come on our podcast about dating. That would be. That would be amazing. Very funny. I, I also I think, think it would be funny if like if it was your date and like but they had to interview with me first. Yes. <laughs> and, and, then, and then like during the second pass half. pass the test to go on the date yes. with you. And then like during the second half, like you come out behind a curtain, you know, and you're like, hello. Yeah. And then after the episode drops, everyone, all the busybodies vote on Instagram whether or not I should go on like any more dates with him. Call the Bay Patrol lips line. Yeah. Cast your vote today for bachelor number one. <laughs> Oh my god. <laughs> We're taking this national. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> wow. Love it. So yeah, those are my three little wow. dating profile Thank highlights you so much. for the Thank week. You, Lauren. Yeah. I tasked the two of you with a task. Yes, you did. <laughs> I tasked the two of you with a job. Uh-huh. I saw a TikTok of a young woman who was V funny, and she was listing the things that are like the hottest things in the world to her mm-hmm. about boys. And one of her things was a small paperback book stuffed in the back pocket. Yeah. And which... I connected immediately to that <laughs> because <laughs> I was too. like, yeah, my little knees are a knocking, especially depending on what the paperback is. Like if it's Bukowski, goodbye. Yeah. <laughs> but like, you it know. It also has very Jess Mariano vibes. It does. Well, it does. He, fucking Jess shows up on my list. Okay, so no more talking about oh Jess God. Mariano. Well, how do we always do this? How do we do this? There is always. It, yeah, yeah, it's like we have a weird antenna. I don't know. Yeah. It is wild. But yeah, so I tasked you each to come up with a list of some things that are the hottest things ever. And I kind of thought we might do a little round robin. Mm-hmm. Like All each right. of us share one oh, I love at that. a time. Okay. And um, because you are our guestable today, um, <laughs> twisted sister, um, <laughs> Steph, I'm going to ask you to share one of your hottest things ever first. Peeling an orange. Oh, my God. Totally agree. In fact, the guy who had the Bluetooth, who I had the huge crush on, he was – he okay. He was a um, a regular at the Beach Pea for a while, and he used to come in, and we had a fruit bowl on the counter, and I would have to serve him, and I treated him like shit. I was so mean to him. Um, I, I don't know why. This is just like my way of courting. And he used to always pick up a piece of fruit, and he had these incredibly strong, hot hands. And sometimes he would break into the fruit with one of his fingers, like to start to peel it. Yep. And I was like, <laughs> my entire mm-hmm. body is inflamed. <laughs> yeah. Oh. I'm seeing like a slow motion spray of orange yes. peel. Yes. Like the oils from it, like and wafting through the so air in tendrils. It smells yeah. so good. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. And yeah. now is it like one little drip of juice, like going down his thumb? And then he's like, <laughs> yes. He licks it off. That's very concupiscent. That's hot. And now, like, is it the is it the finger into the orange? Like, what exactly is it? I or is it a man eating fruit? Because that's yeah, also, also really so attractive. Yeah, totally. <laughs> Not gonna get scurvy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, I think yeah, maybe part of it is a man eating fruit. 
I don't, I don't know. I think it's like, I get, I get to see some like arm muscle action, but mm, it's like, but like the thing that he's doing isn't like overtly masculine and therefore like threatening to me. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, and the fruit smells great. Like, I, I think like that, I mean, I don't really know what other fruits one peels, but like. A banana. It, yeah. Like a, yeah. Banana or I don't know, but I'm like specifically an orange. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and because you're often peeling an orange just with your fingers alone. You don't need a yeah. tool. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. And it's, yep. there's something a little primal about <laughs> like that. Like peeling a potato doesn't <laughs> <laughs> I, I will say this peeling an orange image in my mind is bringing up, we talked about a green flag, I think in the Rob episode, where he was talking about long sleeve t-shirt and shorts. Oh, yeah. And I feel like this orange peeling guy could be a long sleeve t-shirt guy, too. Yeah, totally. for sure. Yeah. Totally. Yes. He, like, carries an orange around with him. Yeah. But you're like, do you even have a bag? Like, where is it? Yeah. Yeah. And then he's just like, yeah. But he's wearing, like, five-inch cargo shorts, so it works because yeah. he just pulls it out of his pocket. Yeah. And it's yeah. a little orange. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it's yeah. a little orange. Like a clementine. A satsuma. All right. All right. Um, my first one on the list is a pencil behind the ear. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yep. Totally. That is one of the hottest things ever, yep. especially when it stays there. Because no, no, pe- my ear doesn't work like that. No pencils stay. Mm. Does it have to be like, does it matter what he is going to write with the pencil? Not so much, although it's hottest on a carpenter. I was sure. just going to say it is yeah. hottest on a carpenter. Thank yeah. you. Good. There are some people who do it and it feels very much like an affectation and that mm-hmm. is not attractive, but affectations rarely are. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Like a guy who actually like works and needs a pencil and that's just like, whew, it's quick. It's not like a statement. It's just like where he puts his pencil. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hot. Ooey gooey. <laughs> yeah. All right, Miss Bliss. Um, okay, gosh, I have so many, but, um, because you brought up, you got to see hands and forearms things with the orange, I will say, and any kind of Oxford shirt cuffed to the oh, elbow. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. Oh, the good one. hottest thing ever. Cuffed sleeve is oh, good. Oh, yeah. Because you want to see that <laughs> forearm and that hand. Yep. I'm telling you, there's like but n- not, nothing but not the rest. Don't need the rest. Don't care about it. Don't, mm-hmm. I, we don't care about your biceps. We oh. don't fucking care. Show yeah. us your forearms and we are goo. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Agree. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Back to you, Steph. Okay. I'm going to jump around a little bit. Yeah. Great. Oh, actually. Okay. This relates to yours. A maroon button down shirt. Oh. Maroon, the color mm-hmm. itself, is a tra- is a, the hottest thing ever. Yes, that's so cool. That's so specific. I know. I am. Yeah. Do not like maroon at all. Well, it's so interesting. We will probably never fight over the same man. You just never are the know. buttons white, or are they also maroon? White. Okay. Or like t- or tortoise shell. Oh, nice. Yeah. Okay. And then, of course, the sleeves are rolled up. So. Yeah, they are definitely rolled up for mm-hmm. sure. Oh. I will say most skin tones look good against a maroon. I was just thinking that. I was yeah. Like, yeah, but yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. How about you, Lauren? I have two glasses-related ones. Mm. Oh, nice. One are glasses with red lenses. What? (laughs) What? I brought you an example photo because I figured you might have this feeling. Yeah, because I have have an image in my head that's very funny. Yeah, it's giving Matthew Lillard and hackers. (laughs) Like little round red ones. This is not what I'm talking about. I knew, I knew. Okay, here's Ethan Hawke wearing... Red sun, you know, they're red so glasses. Funny. I, they're they are he funny. Looks like Marty Scorsese. <laughs> yeah, it's not the best, but um, okay. I love like I feel like like sort of artistic, like often film mm-hmm. related people. I see like directors and such, but I love like an amber or red. Mm. 
lens in a glass and yeah. I think it is super hot if if you can pull it off. And I even know. if it's round, even if it is small and round, sometimes uh-huh. that's great. So I love yeah. that. Yeah. You don't see it often. You don't. But when I do, I'm into it. Did you want to do both glasses right oh, like yeah. back to back? The other one, this is sort of a new one. You know how sometimes, and maybe it's because I'm getting older, so I'm therefore like attracted to older men. Mm-hmm. Um, two pairs of glasses at once. Ooh. <laughs> like if there's like a distance, like it hasn't gotten the bifocal yet, maybe has the a glass on a string, but also has like regular glasses and then has to like, you know, pull the readers up or whatever. I don't know. That is just really yeah. cute in a hot way to me. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. That is yeah. charming to me. Yeah, it's it's charming. Yeah. There's an innocence about it, so it's not like let me get on that yeah. instantly. But there is it sort of like look at you, cute thing. <laughs> like get over here. Oh, yeah. I love that. <laughs> um, Jess Mariano is coming out into this again because <laughs> in Gilmore Girls, one thing that I Jess is I don't know that Jess is my favorite pick for Rory, but he is my favorite of her boyfriends. Mm-hmm. Um, but. He hands her a copy of Howl to read, and he's made notes in the margins mm-hmm. about things he wants to talk to her about after that she reads yeah. it. It's actually her copy of Howl that oh. he stole from her room. Oh, you're right. And then I, returns yeah, to her with notes, with notes in it, which is it. also oh, very hot because it's kind of criminal. Yes, exactly. And, yep. Absolutely. Which is part of his allure. Yes. Part of his allure. Exactly. Like, yeah, low-grade criminal. Mm. I just love that. I love the idea yeah. of, like, oh, my God, the intellectual stimulation of any boy who yes. actually reads and then has ideas yep. and wants to talk about them with me. Yeah. Yes. Uh, I'm, dis- or like, I'm destroyed. The number of times I have sent whoever I'm dating – like article, I'm like, I can't wait to discuss this with you. And then they never read it. Yeah, yes. And Jess read the book before Rory even offered it to him. Yeah. So he's like way ahead of the game. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. you'll notice too, there's a theme with reading things and the switching of boyfriends. So there's like the book, and that's where she first has like an intellectual crush on Jess. And that's where things start to turn from Jess to Dean mm-hmm. or from Dean to Jess. Mm. And then when she gets back together with Dean, but she's also met Logan, Mm. Dean doesn't read what she's written for the paper and Logan wants to discuss it with her and like Uh talk in depth. And that is the like exact episode where she switches from Uh Dean to Logan. And I just, I I love that. Take note, boys. (laughs) Yeah, seriously, take note. Read the article. Have some thoughts. I, yeah, beyond just like, it was good. Mm -hmm. I am so team Logan. I'm I'm deeply team Logan oh, yeah. for Rory especially. Yeah. I actually like Logan too, just as a person in general. I think like sure he has some shitbag qualities, yeah. don't we all? I mean, I I have yeah. lots of shitbag qualities, but I think like they're so well matched. Yep. And and he's also he like likes to have fun with her. Yes. Which I think is really special. And Jess did not like fun at all, which is a thing that you know is problematic about him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Even though I'm, I did find him hot, but mm-hmm. I'm Team Jess, but only an adult Jess. My like my uh-huh. assumption of what sure. adult Jess is really like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I don't dislike Logan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, but yeah. we're all some... not Team Dean. No, Dean's an oh. abuser. Yep. Fuck that guy. No. <laughs> yeah. No. He's not even that cute. So um, there's a <laughs> there's a there's a podcast huh. called Gilmore to Say. And they make shirts that say Dean sucks. <laughs> and, it's, and it's in like kind of like, like like pink, like Barbie font script. Aww. And that they could sell at Wheat and I'd be fine with it. Yes. <laughs> yes. All right. You I hit us. It. Okay. Owning dry goods that are in regular use. Ooh. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. As a fairly well-stocked pantry. Yep. Who yep. actually like cooks a dry good. Yep. Yeah. Yep. yep. Who's like, yeah. oh, 
I need to soak a bean. (laughs) Yeah. Or someone who's like, oh, I need to add flour to my shopping list because I used all of it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that is good. Yeah. I love that. All right. Yeah, I was just going to say pantry bitch. Well, over yeah. here. <laughs> no, I love a well-stocked pantry. <laughs> uh, um, all right. Let's see. This is sort of similar to <laughs> This is sort of similar to the pencil behind the ear. Uh-huh. It cannot happen at the same time as the pencil behind the ear cuz then it's too many accessories on the face. Okay. But a piece of straw in the teeth. Ooh. A piece of straw in the teeth? Yeah. Oh, like he's biting on a piece of straw. Yeah. I thought like, you meant straw stuck in the teeth. Oh, no. Like he's been out eating hay. And he's a horse. No, no, like chewing on a piece of straw. Love like, it. Yep. What about Love a toothpick? It could be. I actually literally wrote <laughs> that it could also even be a toothpick. Yes. <laughs> but the toothpick can get douchey. Yes. Whereas the straw can skew to country. Yep. But I feel like the toothpick can be a little like tough. Like I'm trying to be yeah. a tough guy douchey. But I do like a toothpick yeah. if done correctly. Yeah. Absolutely. I think you are totally correct. Hot <laughs> fucking potato. But we also know I'm a country mouse, so like I don't care how country it goes. It's yeah, yeah. Steam, well, I'm just thinking like for me. Yeah, I don't mind how country it goes. Mm. As long, I'm thinking like it can go a little like the kind of country Pick. music I don't oh, like. Sure. sure. Yeah. And yeah. like sure. Yeah. And therefore potentially po- the politics I don't like, and then I yeah. think it's yes. not attractive. But it's not. Oh, it's not sure. the straw's fault. Yeah. So. Um, Don't blame the straw. (laughs) (laughs) Were you going to say something? I was just about to cut you off. Um, Yeah, but it doesn't matter. I also one time saw a guy pick um, a red clover and Mm. slowly pull off some of the petals and eat them. And I was like... Well, oh. I'll spread a blanket down. <laughs> you can just graze. Yeah. Oh, you can just do me. You know I mean? Like I was like, uh, okay. It was like in the middle of telling a story, just like having a little munch on a clover. And I was like, that's too much for me. <laughs> I love that. Oh, God, so good. Okay. Mine is leans in a doorway. Ooh. Yeah. yeah. In fact, leans on any furniture actually just leans. Can I, my next one is going to be leans back in a chair. Yes. Yeah. A hundred percent leans. If he leans, God, (laughs) the comfort of a man just giving a lean Mm -hmm. too much for me. Yep. I like a lean in the doorway as long as it's not the exit to the room because then I feel trapped and it feels aggressive. Oh, but, and that isn't just for men. Like, I just drives me crazy Mm -hmm. if anybody stands in the egress. (laughs) 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 But... It feels a little bit more aggressive. But in the foyer. In, <laughs> right. If it was that doorway, fine. If it uh-huh. was this doorway, eh. nah. Um, but yes, I, yeah, a good lean. Oof. I just, a, a man who can lean and just mm. look very nonchalant and relaxed yeah. in Something, his environment. Yeah, about the it's dropping a, of the hips yep. and the, mm. the contrapposto. Oh. Uh, you know? <laughs> Oh my God. A hundred percent. Yes, for sure. <laughs> wow. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, so I, I gave mine. Leaning in a chair. What's your next one? Oh, oh, let's see. Um, being a beloved regular somewhere. Oh, oh. yeah. Nice. Yeah. That's very attractive. Especially if you don't know that, like you're already attracted to the person, like maybe you've been on a few dates. You're kind of like, mm-hmm. yeah. And then you go somewhere with them and it's clear that they're like a regular and that people love them you know or yeah. like that they have a space that like a third space that they have mm, like yeah made a mark on or whatever it's so attractive Ugh. yeah that used to be my trick with the black bean 
Oh, and yeah. Take a boy to the Black Bean, and everyone would be like, hi, Ashley. Hi, Ash. How are you? Yeah. And I would feel so cool. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> now cannot, no longer. And now people are like, she lives here. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Oh, God. What, what the pandemic has taken from me. Truly. Yeah. Um, okay. Next thing. This is kind of cliche, mm-hmm. but it is one of the hottest things ever to me, which is a quick rumple of the hair. Oh, mm. yeah. You know? Yeah. Get those fingers in there. Give it a rumple. Yeah. There you I'm go. seeing like Hugh Grant right now. For sure. He's yep. so rumpled. Yep. We all know. Yeah. Floppy. Yeah. Floppy. So good. And and it, it well documented by many others who have written much better stuff about it than I could. But <laughs> I'll just say it remains in my arsenal of the hottest things ever. I have I have one more. Yeah. Which is a man who is flustered. Oh. Yeah. Oh, that is so cute. It's the best. Yeah. And it's so like. It puts me at such ease. I like that. Mm -hmm. All right. So um, my next one is tiny knuckle tattoos. Oh, sure. There's this. I think that it's the movie Prisoners where Jake Gyllenhaal has tiny knuckle tattoos. And there's something I, I like knuckle tattoos in general. There's something about the small ones that call attention to the hands, which I know we all love, mm-hmm. but don't like mask it or obscure it. Mm. And it has just like this little bit of bad boy edge, but it's not like an over commitment. It's not like trying to like yell it. It's just sort of subtle. I like it. I love that. Um, Okay. My final one that I am going to share at this time is um, I already took care of that. Oh Oh. yeah. Yep. Mm -hmm. That just hits. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Should we make a reservation? I already did. Yeah. Yeah. I already took care of that. Mm -hmm. Or like, Oh or, you know, I don't know. Oh, my gosh. We have to, you know, get the oil change and the fucking whatever. <laughs> I already did that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. did it already. Yeah. All yeah. set. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm not great. the only one in charge. Hot. <laughs> Hell yeah. Hottest thing ever. Well, mine's a lot more. Sh- my last one is a lot more shallow than that. Which Hit is, me. We love a shallow. I mean, it's not actually shallow, but it's it's less service oriented, let's just say. Uh-huh. It's just a white T-shirt. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. I I love that white t-shirts are having a moment right now because of the bear. I'm like, thank you. I feel like men are finally figuring out that women are attracted to this. Yeah. Yeah. It really doesn't Doesn't, take much. It doesn't take a lot. White t-shirt, pair of dickies, Mm -hmm. (laughs) good sneaker. Yeah. Yep. Yep. You've got it easy, so work it. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Work it. Yeah. I also actually do want to honorable mention chest hair because Mm -hmm. I do find – I mean, I think there's bad chest hair and good chest hair, and but when the chest hair is good, mm-hmm. it hits good. so intensely. It's a it's a lot yeah. for my nervous system to take at once. <laughs> yeah, I do love a good chest hair. Yeah, good list. Yeah. yeah, good list. Wow. And also, I just want to say for all of our delightful mailman listening, you, you are only ch- objects to us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You don't have to have any of these. We love you anyway. <laughs> yeah. These are just the hottest things ever. There are lots of other hot things too. And it's mm-hmm. different for every person. It is. Yes. It is. And also these lists are always ongoing. We meet yep. someone new who like, you know, steams our nether regions and they have new <laughs> shit to add to the fucking hottest ever list, you know? That's right. Yeah. Yep. I yep. think that confidence and personality trump anything on a list 100%. you could put here. So. Totally. Anyway, well – my gosh. That was a marathon one. That was kind of a marathon, yeah, for sure. Sorry, Steph. I know. I know. That's okay. 
I'm so glad you came. It was so Me nice too. to hang with you. Oh my gosh. Yeah, this is great. Yeah. Another Steph George episode in the books. In the books. And uh, yeah, we talk to you soon, busybodies. We see you next, next Tuesday. See you next, next Tuesday. Bye. Babe Patrol is created and hosted by Lauren Audette and Ashley Bliss and is produced by Steph George. If you need an audio producer, find her website in the show notes. This podcast is brought to you by no one as of right now but if you would like to advertise with us please reach out we are interested in absolutely anybody but if you own a place where gossip happens then you completely should be advertising with us email us at baypatrolpod at gmail.com as a listener you can also support us at patreon.com slash baypatrolpod and get some extra goodies there for your trouble and if you can't support us with dollars we ask that you like us rate us five stars and review us wherever you listen to us it helps people find us and gossip with us Find us on Instagram at Bay Patrol Pod and send us any hot gossip tips or dating stories to our email, which again is baypatrolpod at gmail.com. See you next Tuesday, busybodies. The Bay Patrol theme song was written and recorded by John Medham and Laura Cromwell with members of the former band Hawkslit, Russ Graham on guitar. Aaron Rooney on vocals, Edie Davis-Quinn on vocals, and myself, Lauren Audette, on the Vibra Slab. It was recorded at Running Girl Studios at the Hibernaculum. <laughs>